Welcome to the High Profit Event Show. My name is Rudy Rodriguez, founder of the Virtual Event Sales Team and Wingman Coaching Worldwide. We provide world-class self-support services with integrity. And on this podcast, we interview successful event leaders and service providers that have led or supported profitable events online and off. Each episode will run for about 20 to 30 minutes, so stay tuned. Hi, my name is Rudy Rodriguez, and welcome to the High Event Profit Show. And on today's episode, we have a very, very special guest, uh, a dear friend of mine of many years and a, a client as well, Dr. Aziz. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, Rudy. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks, man. And one of the things I, I uh, a few things I want to mention about Dr. Aziz and his background to really encourage you to listen to this episode fully. Uh, one, he mentioned it previously, but the, the focus on today's episode is showing how to get high paying clients by being bully yourself. And Dr. Aziz, uh, you're a confidence breakthrough expert. In fact, you are probably the world's leading expert when it comes to confidence and confidence breakthrough. Um, you know, you have a background in clinical psychology and you studied at Stanford and Palo Alto universities. And you are a man on a mission to inspire radical and rapid confidence transformation as many people as possible. And from an event experience perspective, you've been running events for over six years and I've seen you uh, enroll hundreds of people into your high-end confidence coaching mastermind, and I've seen hundreds of people transform their lives and their businesses as a result. So excited to have you on today to share all of that secret sauce that you've learned in yeah. the last couple of years. <laughs> Happy to share my secrets. Awesome, my friend. Well, you know, let's jump into some of the meat and potatoes for our guests. You know, I think the first top of mind question and really the, like, the problem that people typically think of top of mind when it comes to an event is, hey... If I have an event, how do I get people there? Like maybe I have some fears about people uh, maybe not showing up. Maybe they're like hesitating to even put an event on the counter because they don't know people are going to show up. So maybe you can share a little bit about your own journey, your own experience uh, when you were getting going with events and now many years later, kind of what you do to promote and prepare uh, for your events. Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say that was my exact fear. I'm going to put an event on and no one's going to show up. It kind of goes back to that insecurity of like, I'm not popular enough to have a party in high school or something. And Maya was actually even more specific. It was, well, it'd be even worse if I had the event and only two people showed up and then there'd be someone there to see, you know, what a loser I was. And so it really prevented me from taking the risk, taking the leap. And it wasn't until I joined a mastermind program of my own, like as a client for training, for business training uh, with Christian Michelson, actually. And uh, I was like, what? No one's going to show and kind of sharing all my fears. And his point was like, yeah, you will fail. And, and you'll fail a lot. And you'll also succeed and failures are the steps on that path to success. And so I kind of realized there would be no point that I would get to where I would have total certainty that this event promotion would work and I'd get everything I wanted. It was like, well, are you willing to take the risk? And I think what allowed me and made me ready to take that risk was, you know, the drive for, for both the mission and for my own dream for having a, a business where I could be sharing my gifts directly, not have to work for anyone else and not have to like to have to share the, the, the best of what I can do directly with people. And the only way I think we can do that is usually through our own our own offering, right? Otherwise it's going to be kind of tailored through the company and you can still share your gifts, but man, if you want to give like your, get your purpose fully aligned uh, with what you do for work, it's often through your own creation. 
And so that desire plus the, the mission of like, I can reach people if I'm willing to be bold here, gave me the courage to take the leap. Um, and one way that I hosted that first event that made it a little less of a, just kind of let's put it out there and see, was I actually created a, I was just starting to create group programs, group coaching. Uh, I was transitioning from just all one-on-one coaching. So, um, and I'd run like a six month group, you know, eight people over the phone, you know, kind of, kind of thing for six months. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this group again, but now I'm going to, I'm going to make it a six month group where they're as part of being a part of this group, we're also going to come together in person once for an event. And so that was the goal. And so that way people kind of knew it. It was part of the group. They intended on coming out there. And then as it got closer, I, I didn't promote it heavily, but I invited other one-on-one clients and stuff. So we had a little group, I was like 15 people or something. And it was really great. And so that, that made it like, a, you know, I'm sort of dipping my toe in the water. And then the next one was like a straight up, I'm going to, you know, rent a room in a hotel and invite people on my email list and enroll people to come to this event. And, and I did. And, you know, part of what made that first one a success and that, I mean, these, these aren't like huge turnouts. My email list was quite small. Um, I'd say in that first event, we had maybe 20 some people. And to me, it was a huge success though. I was like, people are coming, they're flying on airplanes to come learn with me. This is amazing. Right. I mean, as a, as a teacher, if you don't have students, then you're not, you're not, you're not doing what you're here to do. So it was just a, a, a joy to have that. And, uh, and also I was just willing to do whatever it takes. So, you know, I was on the phone talking to people, you know, and, and inviting them and reaching out. It wasn't just like, I'm going to send some emails and sit back. It was like, I'm going to put my energy and focus into this and really enroll people on why they should come out here and why it can benefit them. And you can imagine if an audience of people that tend to be more shy, socially anxious, more hesitant to say, Hey, get on an airplane, fly out here, sit in a room with a bunch of people you don't know. And, uh, and, and, and have a transformation. It's kind of like, oh, okay. So there was a lot of uh, encouragement needed to, for people to take the risk, but you know, that, that group of people did, and it was an amazing experience. And that was when I launched um, the, the mastermind program that I run now, the Unstoppable Confidence Mastermind. So that was the early days. Now, uh, promotion has been a constant evolution, as I'm sure it is for every business owner, right? You got to keep adapting to the changing times and then there was this big adaptation to, uh, to virtual events in 2020 when uh, the COVID uh, reaction to COVID pandemic led to a lot of things shutting down and preventing travel and preventing large gatherings. And so we switched to a virtual environment. And so now we're still running all our stuff uh, still currently virtually. And uh, the way we promote now is I have an amazing marketing team and we're, we're iteratively testing different things. Uh, I can get into the granular or uh, high level. Let me ask you, Rudy, what do you think would be in terms of uh, how we promote currently? What would be most useful for me to share? You, you know, I think people listening to this podcast, they're, they're looking for actionable things, that, you know, nuts and bolts, things that they yeah. can go action on or, you know, insights they can get from you. Maybe they're considering hiring their own marketing agency um, to promote their events, you know. And so, yeah, anything you can share um, that's actionable, I think would be helpful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Well, um, our marketing agency is uh, fantastic. Uh, I've, I've hired, man, maybe four different or contracted with, I would say four different groups, individuals over the years to try to get ads and marketing going. And it was always a, 
It's a lot of money and not much success. And so I'm really pleased with who we found now. Rudy, uh, you were generous enough to actually be involved in our hiring process and share some of the knowledge you have from top grading and um, how to really vet this team, which I think was part of us making sure that it was going to be a good fit and they deliver. Um, so some of the, what we found useful, I guess it's important to consider like, what is the purpose of the event, right? So if you're offering, obviously one of the main purposes of the event is to transmit the knowledge, provide people with an experience that changes them for their personal life, you know, their business life, everything, right? Another purpose of the event though is for the functioning of your business, right? So you got to think about how does that work? For us, the events provide a larger experience for a larger number of people, but we also know that a certain number of those people are going to want to take things further and work with me for a year in this program. So as a result, our goal for the events is to help as many people as possible. So we set the price points relatively low. Uh, currently, if people get uh, what's called a super early bird ticket, it's just $97 to be a part of the event. The normal event price is $497, but so we give people a massive discount to sign up early. We, we do a lot of our promotion uh, via email to for that super early bird. And then we have it tier up to an early bird at 197 and then tier up to the 497 price. And in addition, we uh, run three webinars that we offer to our email list as well as to cold traffic to, to draw new people to become aware of, of this and what's available. And then we, so we run three webinars leading up to the event where after watching the webinar or the replay, they can get a ticket to the event at that discounted rate of 97. Our upcoming event, we're gonna be experimenting with running a challenge, uh, three slash really it's gonna be a four day challenge, uh, which on the coattails of that challenge, they can get a ticket to the upcoming event. So we're, that's, that's where it's the iterative experimentation to see, you know, what could we do? You know, how could we reach more people? How could we offer more value up front so people really get a sense that this event is going to be worth their time and their, and their investment? Definitely. And Aziz, I'm hearing the theme of uh, test, 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 and everything that you shared. And it sounds like you've tested many things that didn't work as well as you would have hoped, but you didn't quit. And you kept testing and you, until you found the right team, the right message, the right market everything. And, and even now, even though you found something that's working, you're continuing to look for different things to test to continue to be on the cutting edge um, of your event promotion, which I think is brilliant. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's actually was super, super thing valuable that you shared all that, all the yeah. highs and lows. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? Is uh, testing is required for, uh, for optimizing, for improving. And uh, there's a, an interesting uh, uh, way that I like to think about it, which is incremental, you know, or, or um, I should say iterative attempts, right? You're, you think, okay, that one, let's try it again this way, let's tweak it. And you do these iterative attempts and they might not seem that different each time, but one of those produces like a massive breakthrough yeah. and you don't know which one it's going to be. So you do like you forward or oh, that, oh, that wasn't, no, that wasn't it. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, okay, that one, you know, let's, let's go with that. So that's really the goal is just to keep having those iterative attempts and then, and then have those big breakthrough moments. Yeah. Excellent. And thank you. And uh, you recently, um, so you made a pivot from in-person to virtual over the last couple of years. I think two years ago we started and, uh, and that's been a journey for you. Uh, maybe if you can just touch briefly on that, your pivot from in-person to virtual, how that's been working for you. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about 
some of the things you do in preparing like a few days before the event and then during the event. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, the switch to virtual was not planned. It was sort of frantic <laughs> pivoting and that we had an event planned for Mar for April uh, 2020. Yeah, 2020. And it was a bit the beginning of March. The first couple of weeks of March, at least here in the United States, where everything went bananas. And it was like, oh, I guess we're not. No, no, we're not going to have this event. We can't. It's like illegal to hold an event now. So uh, we had to make this pretty rapid pivot. And um, of course, I had a lot of uncertain, you know, un unknowns. Like, can how does I? So the mastermind that I run, the primary component is delivered virtually. We meet basically weekly, um, virtually in a in a Zoom setting, and I've seen that be really powerful. But um, but then we would have the events in person. So I was like, well, how does a virtual event, is that going to be good or not? Is it going to be effective? And so that was an unknown. And then, you know, also will people attend it? Um, in terms of it being uh, attended, we actually ended up having a lot of people come to that first virtual event who were waiting in the wings, who were not going to fly out here for whatever reason, including international people that, you know, some, we always get some people from other countries, but like, a lot of people who would not fly joined. And so, and then we had a number of people sign up for the mastermind program who are still involved in it, you know, a couple of years later, who have just amazing people that are from all over the world, really dedicated. So um, that was such a gift in that way. And then in terms of the experience itself, uh, surprisingly very impactful, people were very engaged. We uh, created this level of, you know, the events I teach are about confidence being able to connect more with other people. There's like an intimacy quality to it that we really need to create. And I was really amazed at how that could be created uh, virtually. And, and even that I've been, you know, constantly iteratively improving every event to, to make that the connection, the deliverability, the engagement higher and higher for, for every event. So I'd say the pivot has been um, positive on all fronts. And then, of course, we also have so much less logistics to deal with in terms of the, the uh, hotels and rooms and, and transport and all this stuff. And so it can be delivered much more easily with much lower cost and reach more people. And so I ended up becoming a big fan of the virtual events. Awesome, man. Yeah. And you've done great. You've really created, you know, I've sat in on most of the events you've done in the last couple of years and uh, you really do a great job creating engagement and almost an experience as if it was in person. I'm curious, Dr. Sees, you know, everyone sees the everything that's happening from the front of the room, but really it's rare that people know the amount of preparation and kind of inner game work <laughs> and mental thinking through your processes that, that creating the experience. Can you maybe share just a couple minutes of um, how do you prepare yourself going into that? How do you prepare to have a great event? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something that I've had to study a lot because uh, I, it was a great source of anxiety and discomfort for me. You know, the reason I'm so obsessed with teaching people confidence is because I struggled with confidence for so many years of my life, right? You know, we teach what we need to learn and reinforce. And so uh, there's a level of discomfort that starts to build, you know, two, three weeks before the event in me, that is like this sort of a bit of a pressure cooker. And how to work with that has been a, something that I've been, you know, having to practice for the last six years of doing events. And, uh, you know, so sometimes my body can get all tight. I can get really, you know, stressed. And, and really what I've discovered is for me, it's a sense of over-responsibility. 
all these people are coming. I got to, I'm responsible for all of them having an amazing experience. Like if I don't, I failed. So something about in being the role of teacher or coach or whatever label you want to put on it, I held in a way that was not the most empowering for, for me or for, for the audience or for the members. So, um, so over time, I've been able to keep upgrading that and approach it with more and more lightness and uh, an open leadership and, uh, and focusing on well, what is the impact I want to create and then letting go of control of what each person's going to experience. So a lot of my work and preparation is actually that inner work and preparation. Um, and I used to like deal with it by just like obsessively creating an outline for like three weeks, you know, like word by word, what I'm going to say. And then of course I don't say all that stuff, you know, and if I try to, it's not alive now, it was alive three weeks ago. And so now I, I create I've learned how to kind of create a pretty solid outline of a flow and certain exercises I think of. What I do though, is like starting about three weeks out, I'm a huge fan of Evernote, by the way, uh, greatest uh, tracking system ever. Just recently I had to replace a car battery and AAA was like, uh, we didn't replace this a year ago. I was like, you did, it's under warranty. Like, we don't have records of it. I was like, right here on my phone, Evernote. And they're like, oh, I guess, well, I guess it's free. So Evernote, little plug for them. But so I'll have an Evernote for, for the event. And I'll just like, you know, because ideas will come like, oh, this exercise would be great. Oh, let's do that. And I'll just put it in and start compiling. And then usually the week of the event, about seven days before, I'll sit down and just start to map out those exercises. Where might they go? But the segments where I'm teaching, I don't script. I'd like, I'll put the, I'll know what I want to address. And then I, it's like, it's a few bullet points like outline. And then it's gotta be like, I gotta see what's really there in the moment because um, you know, and this made me start setting me uh, outside of the, you know, purely business mindset and more into what I think, you know, the purpose and maybe even spiritual calling of all this stuff is, but I know that the more, that I'm able to tap into a certain energy state while I'm teaching where I'm sort of out of the way. And then there's like a conduit for something else to move through, which I think is moving through in, in everyone when they're in sort of their own artistry or giving their, their gifts or their genius. And so the less that I've like tried to script it all, the more that genius can come through. And I've also let myself have permission to like spontaneously do stuff and change things last minute just to have that. And that I think is what creates this level of like, raw in like in like very um edge of their seat engagement because it is really alive it isn't pre-scripted and the stories i'm sharing are very like emotionally plugged in to what's real right now not like oh i've told this story like 400 times and i know it's going to produce this emotion at this moment it's not that level it's much more alive and i think that's why people stay really engaged yeah, which brings us to the next uh, point, you know, here we are at the event and uh, people have shown up, um, you know, hundreds of people <laughs> shown up, <laughs> zoomed in from all over the planet. And, uh, and here you are, you know, keeping them engaged for three days, you know, sometimes longer with your mastermind members. And the thing that I noticed about you, doctors, is you are brilliant at keeping people engaged, you know, having their cameras on, having them raise their hands, having them participate, you know, you do breakout sessions, like, I go to the rooms and everybody has their camera on, everybody's showing up. Uh, attendance is 90% plus each day. And as a result, you know, like you get a ton of people who join your mastermind and who pay their balance in full and who show up <laughs> and do the work and renew, you know, like 
Mm. You do a great job of like getting them involved and engaged. So wondering if you can share a little bit about how you do that. Like what's your strategy for keeping people engaged? You mentioned here just being raw and authentic with your story, sharing what's really going on. Anything else you want to add to? Yeah. I mean, I think there's two, two components. Um, Yeah. One is that element of like being uh, fully yourself, which might sound a little like cheesy or like, okay, you know, what does that mean? Do I got to tell a story about like, you know, uh, where I failed or something? And I would say, no, like the less pre-planned, the better, the more you are unfiltered in the moment, sharing what is arising in addition to the content too. It's not just you riffing on nothing, right? It's like you're, you're, you're delivering what you, you know, your, your experience or wisdom or guiding them through processes, whatever it is you do. And though, like being open to like, what is really there and also what's happening, like what happened the day before your teaching, what happened that morning? Can you reveal some aspect of that? And again, I think one of my, uh, the way I impact people so much is my story is their story. It's us. It's not like a me and then them. And so it's not it's like I'm teaching confidence, but I'm not like, I remember when I was anxious. Now I'm permanently confident, right? It's like, here is, here is where I'm anxious now in my life. And here's how I'm working with it to show up with bold confidence and authenticity. And I think the more, you know, and so if you're teaching business, where you can show your business struggles or sticking points and, you know, vulnerability uh, profoundly impacts people. And another way to think about vulnerability is just the word transparency. So letting yourself be seen less veiled and there's so much veiling going on and posturing and, and I, and I get it. I really thought, okay, in order for people want to hire me for, to be a confidence coach, they have to see me as this like ultra unstoppable confidence and in fact, that's the name of our mastermind is unstoppable confidence. But I was like, what is real? Not just some image that I want to portray. And I said, well, to truly be unstoppable, there's only one thing you have to do, which is to not stop. You can be scared. You can fall down. You can fail. Let's talk about how do you handle each of those things. So I think that's such a key component. The other thing, though, that I think is really is important is I did a fair amount of study and modeling of people who are great presenters and modeled them. And, you know, so this whole idea of like, you got to be you. Yeah. And if you're stuck, you might be shut down in front of a group. (laughs) That's not you in your essence, your core. That's just like a protection strategy you run. And so, and the reason I became obsessed with this is because I like, school and a lot of when I was young I liked school and then the older I got the more I just felt like I wanted to rip my face off especially when I got into university and like these big lecture halls and I was like these there is no attention on how to make this engaging mm-hmm. and and this is horrible this is bad education not because the information's not you know there it's because it's, there's no thought to that so I was like I you know how do you engage people and I became obsessed with that and so that's where you know whether it's your voice tone, uh, changing your rate of speech, using your body, moving around, like, and if that's like, no, I don't know that I'm like a business guy. I don't have to, you know, it's like, well, get some coaching on that, you know, hire a voice coach. And, and it's not even like being the best and the most polished. It's being like, it's like magnifying you. And you could even just observe, how are you when you're hanging out with your spouse or with your friends or your kids? How do you move? What does your face look like? Like try to bring more of that animation 
That's the biggest thing I see is people lose their animation. So bring a more animated version of you. Um, and then, you know, and then there's, there's more that you can probably officially study, but I found just modeling people. Uh, what Les Brown, huge fan of him. Tony Robbins is a great presenter. Uh, there's so many. You can just model the components that you like and, and add them into your style. And I think that really does increase engagement as well as you gotta, you gotta break it up, especially online. So teach for a bit, um, do some live interaction with people, put them in a breakout room, bring them back, teach, have them move around. I could go a whole thing on that. Like there, we all know that getting people to move around makes them more engaged. And most people don't do it because they're uncomfortable leading that. They're like, oh, I don't want to do it. Like, and so they don't want to do it. So then they just tell people sometimes they put on some music and move your body, but then they don't want to do it. And I'm like a shy guy who never danced for years because I thought everyone would laugh at me, right? So, but I'm willing to like, let's put some music on. Let's all jump up and down. Let's go because this is how we're going to change our lives. So I invite you to, to lean into your own edge of discomfort in order to serve people more. Awesome. Yeah. You lead by example. You do it. You're doing exactly what you're asking them to do as well. Um, and you mentioned, you know, hiring a coach and doing training. Um, you and I actually um, fairly recently participated in a speaker training as well. Together, we were both students in, in the course. Uh, you, would you mind sharing maybe just a little bit about that experience and what you found to be beneficial from that? Yeah, absolutely. With uh, Scott DeMullen and it was a destiny training and it was great. Um, I'd say, man, uh, there was a lot, a lot of, I mean, so many little distinctions, but I'd say one of the biggest ones that I would, that I absolutely have implemented is there was a way that I would uh, create, create like slightly remove myself from people, especially in a group and like talk to the group. And I just, he really reminded me that you're, yes, you're speaking to the group and you're speaking to each person. So really being clear with that you like I'm speaking to you and it, online it can get even more like the they like the sea of you know little uh, uh screen uh squares and so really seeing the individual speaking to the individual and like really increasing the directness of my um you what will happen if you here's what's possible if you do change and here's what's possible if you don't change. I think I kind of downplayed the, the bad if they didn't change of like, well, what can happen to people or we experience this? And it's kind of like, no, you can feel more isolated and alone if you don't overcome social anxiety, like speak into it. And, you know, it's just another level of direct contact with people, which you might think might scare them or upset them. Maybe it does agitate them, but then they're there with you and you're having a real conversation. And at the end of the day, it serves them more because yeah, you know, someone, at least in my area, someone isn't going to just magically wake up with the social anxiety gone. <laughs> like it has to be trained out of our nervous system. There's no other way. And most definitely I, I read recently, uh, and I think we and I both learned it from Scott that you is one of the, the, the most powerful words in the English vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think even copywriting, like the word free, the word you, like I even think Facebook stopped allowing people to use the word you in their ads. <laughs> oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention it because Scott DeMond also has been a guest on our show as well. And uh, it's a great resource for anyone listening to this as well. I highly recommend him for leveling up your speaker um, uh, skill, right? So here we are, man. You've delivered an amazing, amazing event. Super engaged. People are leaning in. They're doing the exercises. They're showing up. 
And here we are at the end of day two or the beginning of day three, and it comes the moment to invite people to participate in your mastermind. Um, can you share with me a little and share with the audience a bit, just kind of what's your approach and, and maybe be honest here, like what comes up for you? Maybe some of the hesitations or the fears or the, the, the blocks that come up for you and how do you overcome them and how do you ask for the sale? Because you do great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any fears. I'm too confident. So next question. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was the selling was one of the most uncomfortable things for me. Uh, nice, anxious, nice guy. Doesn't want anyone to be upset with him. Uh, I'm going to make people feel bad. Here's all the 700 ways someone might feel bad that I can think of in my mind. Right. So that made me very uncomfortable selling, not just one on first one-on-one -on -one, and then especially to a group where you don't even, you know, you don't even know everyone's internal thoughts and what, a couple of things that helped me. One was really seeing that this is not for everybody. It's truly not for everybody for a variety of reasons. Money is one of it, but also it could be that the, this, all they need is this, this weekend that I'm running, or maybe they don't like me that much, or they don't trust me. It's, it's all, it's all okay. This is not for everybody. I'm not for everybody. And I have seen though, that the, for the people that this is for, this is a, a major transformation period in their life. You know, like their, their lives on a very different trajectory and it is so worth it. And the more year after year after year that that goes by and the more and more people accumulate in that, you're like, wow, it almost becomes like a little separated from me. It's not like me and am, are people liking me or rejecting me? It's like, hey, here's this thing <laughs> that yes, I'm leading it, but it's like, we're doing this. And if you get on this boat, like odds of, of, of getting, you know, going to the island that you really want to be at is, is really high. Like, let's do this. So I think that really helps me. Um, and then in terms of, uh, of sharing about it, you know, uh, the feedback I got earlier on when I would do events is like, I'd be teaching and animated, just like I was, you know, suggesting everyone, you know, develop. And then I go to the offer part and be like, now. I think one of the people that gave me feedback when on my team was like, you're like, now I'm going to share some very boring information with you. <laughs> and it's like my energy changed. I would just like hide behind the slides. And it was such a stark contrast. And I was doing it because I was scared. I was scared. So I just kept on studying and leaning and like, do what scares you until fear has no power to stop you. So I would get feedback from team members and people. And, you know, Oh, I'm literally like in the in-person stuff. I'd like move to the back of the stage and I was like, okay, I'm going to move right out to the front of the stage. I'm going to be right there with you. Like, and iteratively just keep leaning in. Like, how do I do this one? So my goal wasn't, how do I, you know, measure it based upon the results of the sales? How do I measure it based upon how bold am I being here? How much am I energetically congruent and just like, this is valuable. Do you want it? And, and, and I know that the sales follow from that. And so that's been my biggest focus. And yeah, I'm nervous, nervous every time before I do it. And I can't even explain why. We always want to have a rational reason why we're nervous. And it's just uncertainty. It, it's, it's change, right? There's going to be massive change in people's lives. And maybe I'm feeling some of that. I'm feeling some of the group energy. So just do it and then deliver. And then, um, you know, obviously repetition of being able to communicate that. So 
I don't do it now because I've done, I've been made the offer so many times, but before events in the past, I would like practice literally going through the whole thing, not for the exact wording as much as just to be not so uh, constricted when I offered. Cause to me, I think the more like open you can be literally in the muscles and the energy system of your body and your voice, uh, the more people can stay connected with you. So that's probably the biggest prep that I've done for, for that. Awesome. And one of the things I noticed um, you really emphasize this past couple of events you've done, and I think it may have come from some of the work we've done with Scott, is you really focused on this idea of uh, the law of contrast, like having people really own the value um, of the program. And, mm. and then when you offer them an incentive pricing per se, they they really feel it's a deal, right? Versus like the the pretty inauthentic <laughs> uh what do you call it? The stack close. That's pretty common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was helpful. So, you know, we used to eat, you know, the stack close and then like, and this is just following what marketing, I'm not a marketing expert, right? I learned marketing in order to carry out the mission, but so I was just kind of following what people said to do like this works better. Like, okay. And yeah, it did. It always felt a little like, you know, it's this and, and, and this and this, and now and so you list the, what the value is, and then you instantly share what the lower price is. And instead, what we did is like this, we kind of shared, this is what it, the investment is for the mastermind. And then at the very end of the presentation, share what the event special is. And what was really interesting, we had someone during one of the interviews for the mastermind say, hey, is that really what this pricing is like is this just it always is this lower price but you say that and I was like actually no and he's like well you know and and I can think of there I know there's people in our mastermind currently who joined out of the context of an event or sometimes we run other you know incentives and promos who were enrolled at the full amount and I was like and it's still life-changing and worth it it's absolutely worth it and so that that feels good though to be in congruence with that and to own the value of it and I think it's, it's obviously worth even more than that. I mean, how do you put a price on being like liking who you are and, and having the courage to grow in your career and, and create an amazing relationship? Like that's hard to put a dollar on right there. Definitely. And, and for everyone listening to the show, um, I hope you've taken notes. You may even want to go back and listen to this one again and take notes if you didn't the first time, because Dr. Z's dropped some serious gold. Um, he recently did it just a few weeks ago. And uh, I won't reveal any numbers because that's privacy. Let's just say it was one of the, it was just a textbook virtual event. It was very powerful, very effective. Many people joined the, the mastermind program. And it's a result of all of these things that Dr. Aziz um, has been sharing on the show. So Dr. Aziz, we have just a, a few minutes left on the show. If it's okay, if I just ask some really rapid fire questions for you, for the audience. Stuart, lightning round. All right, lightning round. Here we go. 30 seconds or less. <laughs> Okay, so everyone wants, to, everyone wants to know the secrets, the secret sauce. Give us three secrets or tips you wish you would have known two years ago <laughs> when you started doing virtual events. Specifically for the virtual events. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say the uh, having the main event and then a VIP is something that we did, which is really beneficial. People love it. I highly recommend that. We didn't have that for the first virtual event or two. Um, number two, this is funny. Limiting it to virtual events makes me like have to really think more about the secrets of what I, what I did not know. Uh, 
Okay. I, if I'm, if I keep thinking about what I didn't know versus what I know now, that's tripping me out. I'm just going to say, what are three things that I think are secrets for successful virtual events? Um, number one is have a, a main general admission and then a VIP. I think that one is great. Yeah. Uh, number two for virtual events, I would say is uh, be able to like lead with even more animation and energy than in person because in person you start to feed off the crowd and the group and in the virtual events uh you know you might not naturally do that as much because you're there with people on a screen you don't even see everybody you have to like scan through zoom to see everybody so you gotta like you gotta bring it you gotta get into a whatever however you manage your state you gotta bring that energy because that is like the you're the energetic vortex that's holding that thing together and if you're kind of meh then it it's just they're gone and um number three uh i would say is well we, you know specifically so we i don't know how if, if everyone does this but we do uh um in they put a deposit to be it's an interview model for the for the mastermind program so they put a deposit and then we meet with them the next week during that next week to to see who's a good fit and, and work through anything that comes up. And uh, one little distinction that I just recently made is uh, uh, clearing my schedule for the Monday and Tuesday after the event to try to have as many of those conversations as close to the event as possible while people are in this still, because if we talk to someone by Wednesday or Thursday, they're already kind of being reabsorbed in their own like doubts and I don't know. And then, whereas if you talk to them on Monday, they're just like, yeah, no, I, I can do this. And they're still in that current of the event. So that's another big distinction, I'd say. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, the container of the event, you know, and meeting them when they're there, when they're in that, call it what it is. It's a buying state. They're in state ready to make a decision that is going to dramatically change their life for the better, right? Um, so Dr. Aziz, uh, what's a, like a book or resource you would recommend for, uh, for someone who's wanting to improve their next event? This might be an interesting one. Uh, I would recommend... Letting Go by David Hawkins. I think it's one of the best books ever written. And it is, man, when you can make shifts on that level, a lot changes uh, in the structure and the, and the numbers and all that in your life and your business. But that, you know, the more grasping you are inside, the, the bigger the block and the deterrent to stales. And I've seen that in my own self. The more I can let go and, and operate in a higher state, the, the more doors open in life. Great recommendation. <laughs> Great resource. <laughs> I love it. And uh, before we wrap up here, what's the best way listeners can reach you? If they want to learn more about you and, uh, and the work you do. Yeah, absolutely. I go to my website, draziz.com, D-R-A-Z-I-Z.com. Uh, I have a YouTube channel there called Get More Confidence, a podcast called Shrink for the Shy Guy. My books are on there. Uh, you can find out about my events too on there as well. Awesome. Thanks for that resource. And, uh, so two personal questions here. What's the next summit or goal that you want to climb and what challenge or obstacle do you perceive you need to overcome to reach it? Yeah, well, the next summit is very uh, quickly approaching. We are moving to uh, Dreamhouse out in uh, the woods outside of the city of Portland. And it's a, it's a lot to move a family and uh, and it's a, it's a step, you know, it's kind of stepping into a, it's a, it's a bigger house <laughs> and it's also just like a whole new location, whole new life, changing schools, changing everything. Uh, and 
yet it is so much more in alignment with how I want to live and just be out on trails a lot and in the woods and everything. So it's a, it's a, it's been a crazy last couple of months and we're getting close and it's gonna be another crazy month or so. But I just, it, the cool thing about it, it's not just for family, but it's like, I know that the way that I operate, I'm so like the work that I do is so much a sense of mission and what I'm here to do that I can just feel that I'm, I can almost feel that I'm already out there. And when I'm out there, how much is going to just radically boost my output and uh, impact for people. And it's already changing me. Like one of the goals of moving out to the country is to kind of just change our, there's like a fast paced, graspy, dopamine addicted, tech addicted lifestyle. And I'm not even that intense with that, you know, but it's still, and there's something about like using this move to really like change patterns in my brain. And what the cool thing is, even before the move has happened, I've already been making some significant changes in how I use tech and everything. So it's like this mm -hmm. slowing down is already happening and I can feel it even more, which only increases output and, and, and impact ultimately in the world. That's awesome, man. I love, I love the, the context, your move, you're holding your move inside of it. It's incredible. <laughs> and uh, last question, 30 seconds or less, what legacy do you want to leave? Well, I call it uh, Operation Mass Liberation. So as many, and I think about it as in the terms of confidence, you know, to inspire radical and rapid confidence transformations in as many humans as possible. But really it goes even beyond, I mean, confidence. It's confidence to love, confidence to have a more open heart, to give and receive more love, to be more connected to something bigger and have a positive impact. So that ripple effect and so the legacy is that, you know, there's millions of humans lives who are more, they're more fully alive as a result of whatever it is that I'm able to create while I'm here. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for boldly being yourself on today's podcast and being so open Komodo, so un, uh, uh, covered or this unveiled, what's the word you use? Unveiled. <laughs> yeah, you really have shared quite a bit of uh, actionable helpful nuggets. And I'm sure many people relating, uh, will relate to you and listening to this podcast. So uh, thanks again for being a special guest today. And as we wrap up here for our listeners, if you got value from this uh, episode, please like it, share it with someone you think will benefit from it. And most definitely go check out Dr. Aziz, his website and his material. Highly recommend whether you're having any confidence challenges, or maybe you know someone who does, his resource um, is great. And even if you just want to come watch a master at work in transformations and confidence breakthroughs and sales and marketing. Dr. Aziz is, is a phenomenal um, entrepreneur and leader and I encourage you to follow him. So thank you, Dr. Aziz, for being a, a guest on our show again, and we'll call that a wrap. Thank you so much, Rudy. That was fun. Thank you for listening to the High Profit Event Show. If you are a seminar leader or thought leader or event service provider who has led or supported profitable, successful events to over 100 people and you've been effective at enrollment into your high-end coaching, education, mastermind tech programs, we're looking for guests. Love to have you on the show. You can go to our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com, click on the podcast tab and submit an application to be on our show. Also, if you found the show to be valuable, share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. Take a moment, please leave a review and also subscribe if you haven't already. And lastly, if you have an upcoming uh, event, whether it be virtual or in person, and you'd like to have a conversation about how to fill your coaching, education, mastermind programs fast using events, 
you're welcome to book a complimentary 15-minute uh, consult with either myself or a member of my team on our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com. Again, this is Rudy Rodriguez, and congratulations on investing the time to listen to this episode. I hope it's been valuable. Have a great day.